Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of The Teardown. My name is Jeff Cluck. I'm along with my coworker Jordan Bianchi. We are motorsports writers for The Athletic, and we're here to talk about the Circuit of Americas of the Americas race. Uh, I'm here at Coda in Austin. Uh, exciting weekend. Love this track. Love this facility. And was loving most of this race up until um, <laughs> it turned into a, a caution fest late there. But we'll talk about that, of course. First of all, Jordan, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. This was a this was a fun race. It was. I mean, obviously the, the finish was a little herky jerky, but this was an old. It felt kind of an old school NASCAR road course race, and maybe that was because there's no st- stage breaks or anything. But I love the varying strategies. Um, I, there was some physicality involved. Like it just felt kind of that uh, that feel to it again after kind of being gone for the last year or so. I, I like this race, and, and to your point, I, I agree. Finish maybe was a little, maybe not what you wanted. Kind of got dragged out there, but. It was good. This was a good race. And I guess the one thing I didn't hear a lot about was today was the rules package, which to me is a good thing because the product on the racetrack, that means it delivered and there was no mention about whether it was working or not. It's just kind of as is this was and it worked. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the f- this is the first time I've even thought about it and all this post-race stuff for the last hour or so since since the checkered flag. I mean, I never once thought, oh, you know what? These guys just can't pass. They're stuck. Yeah. No, nobody was stuck. No, they could pass. It seemed fine. It was a good race. It was. Um, it was. There was moments of a great racing between Byron and uh, Reddick. There, I mean, it was. It was mm-hmm. a really good race. Guys could come from the back and make moves. Like, you never once thought, "Oh man, these guys are stuck." No, you're right. That's a great point. And you know, also to your point about you know the, the lack of the stage breaks, the natural cautions, the natural feel of this. Okay, like there was a lot of cautions. Don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> there were, yeah. You know, drivers' fears coming into the weekend about this is gonna this race is gonna get long and long green runs, strung out. You know, be careful what you wish for. A lot of drivers had basically said with, okay, you guys didn't want stage breaks. You didn't want those cautions, but now we're going to, you know, this is a huge road course. Um, never really did that happen. Now, because of strategy, you had a couple times where somebody had a, a big lead, um, mm-hmm. but that was only because like Reddick, you know, he hadn't pitted yet. So you knew he was going to pit. And then, you know, when he comes back out, you know, he's seven seconds behind kind of thing. But um I, I loved how it was playing out. I love that you had for much of the race until it until they kind of the strategies merged. You had yeah. oh is is Reddick's three stop strategy going to work, mm-hmm. or is the two stop strategy the way to go? Um, and it, and it turned out like even you know I'm not taking a shot at the at the Fox booth, but they were really very convinced early on that like the two stop the two stop strategy excuse me was was the way to go right, and then Reddick with his three stop takes the lead. Um, you know, drives back through, takes the lead past Byron, and they both at that point were going to have to stop one more time, even before the caution came out. And you know, Reddick had had got, already gotten up to over a second lead past Byron when the caution did come out and merge their strategies together. 
And so then it was like, wow, I mean, this, this is, you know, I, I love that element of it because that's been lost, right? Like you used to have the whole, you know, you'd go to Watkins Glen and the, the commentators would get you know, all fired up, whether it was, you know, like, uh, you know, be like on TNT, right? Like the midsummer thing or something. Right. Um, I think Watkins Glen used to be one of the TNT races, right? Am I wrong? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was ESPN at that point, but okay. ESPN, I picked it up by them. Okay, well, whatever. I was just thinking of like Wally Dollenbach's voice or whatever, being like, oh, remember, they're going to do this backwards. They're going to pick it Well, he did the NBC, and... though. He was on the NBA's, NBC crew for a while. They did Watkins Glen, so that's probably why you're remembering it. I'm just making this up. Who knows? Anyway, you know, you used oh, to, you know, somebody would pit on like lap 10 at Watkins Glen. You'd be like, ooh, interesting. Like they'd get totally off sequence and it would shake things up because then some the leader would have to pit later. Um, and a caution could come out and shake the whole thing up. And, you know, that's what we saw this weekend, right? Like in, in the truck series race, Kyle Busch, you know, he's out there and, you know, he stays out a little bit too long because he had a big lead and he was like, you know, if this goes green, I'm going to be in great position here. Um, caution, wrong time for him, has to pit, game over, right? Like changes up the whole thing. But that's racing. That's racing. You don't know when the, if, if it's F1, you don't know when the safety car is going to come out. In NASCAR, you don't want to know when the caution is going to come out. Um, that's what natural cautions are. Love that. Love that today. Love that this weekend. Um, I, I was already sort of determined to be like, look, even if it's a boring race, uh, I'm still going to appreciate this for what it is in terms of the strategy and the natural cautions. But I didn't think it was, I thought it was a great race and, um, just thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, now again, at the end with all this, you know, you're just like, Oh no, man. Oh, I was enjoying this so much. And now it's just one of these things where everybody slams into each other on the restart over and over and over again. Gave me indie road course vibes, which I didn't like for sure. some of those reasons, you know, just like, uh, but, but like, you know, that, that's how it is too. That that's, that's NASCAR racing, right? I mean, that, that's it. That, that's the thing. One, it's NASCAR racing and that's what you want. That's what, that's why a lot of people like NASCAR and road courses now. And that's become the popularities. It's become, you know, the quote unquote, the new short tracks, right? That was for the, the, the popular phrase for a while. I don't mind it to an extent. Maybe maybe got a little silly, but it's also like, what do you expect? Like, I guess to me, it's like you've got this big opportunity to pass a bunch of cars. You can dive bomb guys. You can go three, four, five wide into a turn. Like, and it's a really tight radius too. Like, it's almost a ninety degree corner. Like, you're gonna have, you're gonna have these moments. It's like you, you kind of got to manage your expectations. And I, I was gonna ask you and. I don't feel like this, but there were some people, and I had a couple of industry folks, you know, message me during the race, like, "Oh man, I, I we 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 gotta be done with Coda. We gotta be done. We can't go back to Coda. This is embarrassing." And I'm like, I didn't get that sense. Like, yeah, like turn one was a little wonky in the in the overtime, but again, overtime near the finish, like guys are gonna be aggressive, right? I mean, that's the way it's gonna be. It's it's no different to me than like a Martinsville restart late, and how many times at Martinsville late in over you know towards overtime or the finish. You just see guys just go crazy. Like that's kind of what it is. It's like you, your point, Jeff. That's kind of what NASCAR is, and there's not really a way to legislate that. That just you kind of just have to either. It is what it is. I don't know another better way to say it. Well, I mean, for look, first of all, it's not just a NASCAR thing, right? Like certain certain tracks around the world are sure. are designed this way. This was Coda is designed to have action, right? Yeah. With I mean, that was for F one to have action. Um, but you could look at okay. You're saying, okay, let's not, not, not you're saying this, but somebody would say, let's not go back to Coda. Um, well, okay, but you're going to the Indy road course and you're, you're cool with that. They, that's, it's turn one the opposite way. 
That's only know, got one more year left, Jeff, before they go back to the Oval. So. Okay, well, then Portland. You know, they're putting a lot into, sure, into Portland, sure. right? Portland, turn yeah. one. You come down there and you do that little chicane thing, yeah. and they all pile in there. Um, and that's and that's for IndyCar. That's for NASCAR, yeah. whatever. I mean, you got turn 11. At, I would say turn one. It's like through the S's and turn one there at Sonoma. Um, the, uh, the last corner was a turn 11 going to this, you know, coming out of the, the tight hairpin there going to Chick-fil-A at Sonoma. Like, these road courses, a lot of places are set up. And, you know, even go back further, you know, one of the great IndyCar road courses was on an airport at Cleveland and they would go four or five wide and Pitt St. Petersburg has got this a little bit, you know, like the wide, the wide restart and kind of everybody kind of funnels into that corner. Like that is what people want to see. That's how a lot of these tracks are designed. That said, that's not <laughs> what I, that's not what I want to see. I, I, if, if you're talking about action on road courses, I mean, um, you know, you used to have it, like, I mean, look, I, I guess like another example would be turn one at Watkins Glen, right? Where everybody goes sure. down that hill and goes that way and, and you get some action there. But it's one thing to have, you know, like say two guys going for it, it, it like at Watkins Glen or something, right? And, and somebody gets booted off or, or whatever and, and there's some action or they, they bang doors or something. But when you, it's just so expected, the whole field's just going to pile in there and all use each other up. I mean, Alex Bowman on pit road afterwards said, this is, this is embarrassing. Like it's embarrassing to have us race like this. And you know, and he said, what, what are we supposed to do? So let's say I want to be the clean guy. This is what Bowman was saying. Let's say I want to be the clean racer and, you know, give everybody room and all this stuff. Well, everybody behind you is just going to take advantage of you. It's it's doggy dog. Yeah. You can't, you you can't like you get bounced around and you get taken advantage. If you are conservative and you try to race clean, you are going to get eaten up and bounce around and used. I mean, that is just the way it is. I, but I, I don't disagree fundamentally with what he's saying. I don't I mean, I get it. I mean, I, we don't want to say, but how do you fix this? Like, I, I don't know. That's the thing. That's the thing. I mean, like, Jensen Button. So Jensen Button and Jordan Taylor afterwards that they came first. Kimmy, you know, he he didn't really seem shell shocked, but the other two were shell shocked. <laughs> like they were. Sure. Like, I mean, Jensen Button, he, he said he was close to getting out of the car, just heat exhaustion wise and all this stuff. And, and, but he said what really surprised him even more than, than that was just how aggressive these guys are. They will hit you anytime on the track. Mm-hmm. He said he would be kind of just doing his thing, um, and think, well, you know, that guy's behind me, but he, you know, we're, we're racing <laughs> for, for 28th or something. And somebody would like come in the corner and knock him out of the way, like hit him hard. And yeah. he was like, and Jordan Taylor said, I got hit. I got, I took more hits in this race than I've taken in my entire career combined. Like it, they, they were both like, wow, I, I cannot believe the aggression that these guys use and race with. And, you know, asking about the restarts and stuff like that, like Jensen Button said, look, what impressed me about these guys was, you know, their, their car control or the, where they can put their car and, and their skill. Not, not as impressed on, uh, some of the lack of respect stuff. I mean, he said, you know, and, and, and the, the only way to fix it, he said is, is to penalize this stuff. And they're not going to, oh, they're not going to do that. And, and, no, and yeah, I, I don't know how you would do that anyway with eight yeah. wide and everybody. Right, you got, going you got 20 guys coming down pit road to serve penalties at once. Like it just is, I don't, the only, the only thing I could think of maybe possible. And I don't even know if this, is, if this is even realistic is maybe single file restarts, but I don't even know if that matters to some extent because you still would get guys, fanning out and probably going at least two, if not three, maybe four wide. Like you would, so I, I don't even know if that's a fix necessarily. It maybe curbs it a little bit, but probably not entirely. I was thinking about that in one of the late overtime restarts. I was like, uh, should they just go single file at this point just to, 
you know, but I think also NASCAR was like, no, we're not going to give away our like sort of highlight reel <laughs> moments and stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I, and you're right. Cause I mean, people would still fan out and somebody might dump the leader anyway. Second place could just drive in yeah. harder than the leader. Um, but it would reduce maybe the amount of cars involved. Like you said, I, I don't know if that's the, the solution. I don't know that there is a solution. I mean, it's just, it's just this is the box is. they're put in and I don't think any, I mean, I, I guess we should start talking about the, the Chastain Bowman Suarez stuff because, you know, I ask, you know, so Suarez, as you guys saw, you've probably seen by now on, on the in-car camera. Um, he was very upset afterwards after getting, uh, bumped on the final restart or one of the late restarts. I think it was the final restart and, um, comes down pit road on the cool down lap bumps Chastain out of the way at the entrance to pit road. And then, um, really rams Bowman, uh, as they're sort of every, everybody's on pit road at that point, walking crew guys, media mm-hmm. officials are there. Officials. And, you know, it was toward the beginning of pit road, but he rammed Bowman at pretty high speed and there was an official there. And if that goes wrong, the officials can run over. So first of all, I hate that. Uh, unfortunately for Suarez in the, that was a bad decision. He's going to get penalized. hundred percent should get penalized. I mean, and I don't know what that is. If that's a fine, um, I, I don't know what that is, but unfortunately that's, that's going to cost him something. Um, but you know, afterwards, so he comes down, he gets out of his car and he goes straight to Bowman and Bowman's kind of like, dude, like me, go look at, look at your teammate. So then Suarez changes direction, leaves Bowman and he walks down to Chastain. He kneels at Chastain's car and they're talking for a while. And then Chastain seems to get like, all right, I'm getting out of my car to talk to you. And, you know, I, I tweeted the video, but I mean, there's gestures, there's, you know, like they were not happy. It wasn't like, Oh, or, you know, so talk to both of them afterwards. And Suarez is basically like, look, I mean, it's just ridiculous. I'm getting hit from all sides. I mean, this is, you know, it's, you know, he was basically upset about all the contact from everywhere on the restart ask Chastain and Chastain's like, are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Like this is, this is what we do. Like everybody's trying to go for these restarts. Everybody's Mm -hmm. piling at everybody. Like we've been talking about. He's like, and he said, first he said, (laughs) um, Daniel's always mad at me. And then he said, he took it. He, he said, no, I shouldn't say that. He's not always mad at me, but he's, he gets mad at me for things like that. And I just don't know, you know, and, and Bowman. So then Suarez goes back to Bowman and Bowman had gotten somebody with a phone and he showed Suarez the video and they seemed to be like, eh. you know, and they kind of parted on okay terms, but, um, you know, there's, I, I get it. I mean, everybody, look, there was 31 cars on the lead lap at going into the first overtime. And I remember thinking, man, this running order is going to shift a lot because mm-hmm. everybody's going to pile into everybody. And of course, you know, when there's three overtimes, it just keeps getting mixed up and mixed up and mixed up. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's going to be hurt feelings, but I don't know who you, even, even after watching the replay, who do you blame Bowman Chastain Briscoe behind? I mean, they're all running into everybody. Everybody is. So <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. And there's gotta be some account, but it's not like Suarez isn't an aggressive driver either. And it wasn't to blame for some of the stuff going on today either. I mean, he is, somebody who is well-known to be somebody who's not afraid to shove people around if he needs to. Like, I just, I have a, unless it's completely egregious and, and you know, hundred percent, I'm wrecking this guy. Like I, I just have a really hard time of, of getting mad. And it's easy for me to say, cause I'm not in the heat of the moment. I'm not a competitor. I'm not in the moment, 
But again, it's like, this is the nature of it. Like you almost, I don't know what else you can do besides just shrug your shoulders and say, you, it's doggy dog. Like you, you have to either go after it or you're going to get gobbled up. And sometimes you're going to be on the good end of it. And sometimes you're not. And unfortunately for Suarez, he was not on the good end of it today. But I mean, again, going back to, there's nothing you can do. It's doggy dog. I mean, like what? But can't, this is not good, though, right? I mean, they they can't every road course race. Every time there's a caution late in the race, it's just going to turn into this. It's just going to sort of devolve into this. It's not. It's not good. That's not it's racing. Not like every, even Kurt Busch said that on the broadcast. I would say it's every road. I, I, it's not every road course race. It's not. It, you know, Watkins Glen is pretty clean for the most part. You know, except when so, Larson and Elliott got into it with their own well, teammates that was a restart, last year. The but I mean, they weren't like, That's what I'm saying. Like, a late restart at a road course. That was like a one. I mean, it's not like a continual, it, that, that was a, an exception, not the norm. Right. I mean, they have good racing. To me, it's a lot about how you set up the corners. And like, you look at Indianapolis and it's a very tight right-hander here is a very tight left-hander. If you don't give them a lot of runoff, you're, you're going to have this. And I, I don't know. I mean, this is what, People love this stuff because you go back like when, you know, Tony Stewart, was it Tony Stewart that put Brian Vickers on top of the tire barriers at, at Sonoma? Like people go crazy for that stuff. Are Marcus Ambrose and, and Brad Keselowski slamming into each other? Are Brad dumping Kyle Busch at, at Watkins Glen? You just have these moments of hard racing on the on short, on these road courses. I don't know how you take this away. Like how do you legislate this? You, you Like I, I don't see – the only way you're going to do this is one of two ways I see it. Maybe I'm wrong. One is you get rid of road courses altogether, which is not happening. Or two, you start throwing out penalties left and right. But again, how the hell do you like legislate who's doing what on a restart when a guy four rows back slams into the guy in front of him and it's just this chain reaction thing? Like I, I don't – I really don't – I've said this before and I say it again. I don't – I want to take NASCAR officials out of rulings. Like I don't want them. I don't want them to start ruling balls and strikes and especially on stuff like this where it's just – you're never going to get it right ever. So maybe that's when that's when you say, okay, well, we either need to go to single-file restarts at road courses or like sure. you could say – after the completion of stage two, all restarts at road courses are single file. Maybe that reduces some of the carnage because a lot of yeah. remember there was restarts earlier in the race and this didn't happen. Everybody raced each other really nice and clean for those, right? Like that, those were, and even the drivers afterwards, like, I mean, it started well, we, we, we you know, we, we all were racing each other and giving each other room and stuff. And, and it's only when it really comes down to the crunch time, when you're like, this is it, everybody's going to go crazy. But that um, applies. But I'm sorry. But that applies a lot of places besides road courses. And I'm, you know, that that applies to Martinsville. It applies to Bristol. How many times at Talladega and Daytona do we say, you know, late race restarts get just absolutely bonkers and it gets crazy? Like, I mean, it's it, this is just when you rave a, a piece of raw meat in, in front of a hungry lion's late in a race. Like, it's this is what happens. Like, of course, this is. I, I just. I don't feel like this is just a road course problem. This is a, it kind of goes back to the discussion we had least about etiquette and, and, and how accountability and everything like that. That's what this is about. It's not just road courses. What about ending races at the scheduled distance? No. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't really know if that would, I don't really don't know if that just, would do anything, I but feel, it, yeah. I feel like you're going to anger your fan base. Yeah. I feel like you're going to do more harm. And I know there's a vocal, there's some people that say that it, it feels like there's a vocal group of minority. Uh, uh, the minority says, Hey, let's end the races. The way it used to be. It's old school NASCAR. 
I just think if you, you be careful what you wish for. And when you yeah. get a couple races and you see that, you're like, oh, oh, like I just I think you I just don't think you can in this day and age. I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, I'm not really sure how I feel about it. Maybe there's a maybe there's some sort of a compromise in there, like a one attempt at a green white checkered, because there this would be an entirely different podcast and discussion today and feeling of the race as a whole. If Reddick had been taken out of one of those restarts after like he clearly deserved the win, right? Like he was yeah. the fastest car of the weekend. He raced his way to the front. He held off the guys on several restarts and a couple debris cautions trigger this whole chaotic mess. If like, let's say on the third overtime restart after surviving all that stuff, somebody just piles in and just takes him out, cleans him out. It really happened. I mean, but you would be like, Oh, that's that's come on. What are we doing here? This is not yeah. even close to real racing. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, maybe what? you, maybe you just need to reduce the chance of that happening by saying, all right, look, we're going to give you one attempt at green, checkered, but then that still doesn't solve the problem of, people, you know, intentionally spinning or, you know, a Harvick wrecking Bane at Talladega like that or whatever to purposely end sure. the race, you know, then it, it's a whole thing, right? It's so I, I don't know how I feel about it, but it's just, it just feels like I'm, I'm not going to um, do much too, too much pearl clutching over today. But what I am saying is if every road course race, like let's say the Chicago street course race, right? High profile event this summer coming up big deal like everybody wants it to be good everybody wants it to be a positive vibe right let's say end of that race it's just the track gets blocked over and over again everybody's just piling into each other and it's just like oh what what's going can on can i put money on that happening by the way well it all depends if if there's a late caution to bunch things up just, yeah it, it, because I, I think, again there's not going to be any stage cautions so is there going to be a late caution? If the, if there had not been a late caution today, this turns into this is a fuel mileage race. That's a completely yeah, different vibe, right? Different than Reddick's probably not going. to. I don't know if he would have won. It would have been interesting to see because it looked like the it would have been fascinating between the ninety nine and the yeah ninety nine. Well, it looked like what the the forty five and the twenty four were really kind of on the they had just passed Byron when right before that yeah. caution came out. And Chastain and, and Suarez looked like they they had enough. So it would been interesting. Yeah, I mean they were all, they had all pitted on the same lap, but it seemed like for whatever reason, um, Suarez and Chastain were getting better fuel mileage. Could Reddick have saved enough? I mean that that would have been super compelling, but it also wouldn't have been, again the narrative would have been completely different. But the yeah. one caution comes out, and it <laughs> truly just opened the floodgates for for everything else. So um, yeah. craziness, craziness. Uh, but again, I I, maybe that's what. Some people want, but I think it's a different group than because I saw a lot of positivity today from Twitter saying, "This is so refreshing. Do this for every race. Get rid of the stage cautions." Like, this amen. Is great. I said that on our earlier podcast this year. Like, that was my hot take. I was like, I just I do not like stage breaks in general. I, I look at the, a lot of the races on the schedule, Super Speedway races, Pocono. You go back to the Oval at Indianapolis. Like, get rid of these stage breaks. They don't do any good. Well, I mean, they do. I mean, there there has been some exciting moments. I mean, like at super speedways, you almost get like a mini race toward the end there. That the intensity but heats you up. Still can though. Like you're still winning yeah. points. I mean, yeah, that's true. Winning, that's true. You're not, that's you know, true. That's yeah. true. I just I just don't like. I, I just don't like the break. I, I don't like the elimination of strategy because there's it's not just short tracks where it hurts. Like super speedways and Pocono, um, it 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 hurts the 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 strategy calls there. Like it just eliminates it basically. I I could get on board with that. I mean, if somebody was going to say, let's start a movement for, 
getting rid of stage cautions altogether. Keep the stages fine. Yeah, absolutely. That's fine. But get rid of stage breaks. Um, because again, one reason that they were billed as such in the, in the first place is this is going to give TV their TV timeouts and we're not going to have to take as many full screen commercials, blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, that didn't really happen. So, I mean, you know, I, I think, yeah, it gives TV some extra commercials, but okay, fine. Just fine. Take two more full screen breaks, but don't, don't stop the, I, I agree. Cause it, it becomes too predictable. Um, and it introduces a lot of randomness and in, in terms of when you pit and who knows what's going to happen. But you know, <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I could get on board with that. I I'm get on, on board. board. I've, I've, been stage breaks. I've been telling it for a while. Like it's just, it just, it feels unnecessary. It's just, it feels very, I don't see the point. Like I'm fine with them trying it to see if it works. I don't feel like it accomplished its mission. I'm fine with giving points. I think there is some incentive there. It does make the racing a little bit better, but I just don't think you actually need the actual cautions. You had a really weird one today though. Really weird circumstances. Probably is not going to happen again. (laughs) Stage one. um, Basically what happened, and this was fascinating to me because so the, the stage was ending as they were coming to green. Yeah. So it was the opposite, right? Instead of ending the stage, you know, under caution, they're starting the stage under caution, essentially. So the choose rule, yeah. that, that was what decided the, the first five rows. And then I asked NASCAR with this. I, I checked on this. So NASCAR said, like I said, so do you just say, okay, whoever's in the first five rows, that's the order of the stage finish? No. That wasn't the order of the stage finish. It was whoever got the best restart and came across the line that way. So <laughs> if you were, say, like on the outside of your row and you got a better restart than the inside guy and you crossed the start line first, you you got that position for the yeah. stage. So that was not something I ever thought of happening. No. Or, um, but that's next time that happens, now that teams know that, I think, there's going to be a wreck on the restart probably because people are just going to be like, gunning it because they're like this is first stage point right here on the green um if that happens again now the, the odds of that you know that was a pretty weird thing to happen but um still like that was kind of a weird i know we're, we're pretty that's pretty inside baseball but still i mean that's that's a stage point that's yeah it could matter and and also the leader too, yeah if the if the leader chooses a different lane right and then he lets the other person beat him to the line because it's mm-hmm. not you can beat the leader to the line if as long as the person goes in the, yeah. in the restart zone. Right. So let's say you, you, the leader goes and you get a better jump on the leader. You just won the stage. You got a playoff point, even though that was the leader. That's wow. Interesting. Very interesting. Didn't know that was a thing. Um, anyway, let's talk about, should we talk about Tyler Reddick? He won the race. Yeah. Why not? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, I, mean, I just want to put out, on The Athletic this week, I called him a dark horse title contender. I'm feeling really good about myself right now. It's interesting because I was all I was all going in this weekend picking Kyle Busch because I said Kyle Busch is getting in the eight car that Tyler Reddick won with mm-hmm. twice last year on road courses, and um, now you put Kyle Busch in that car. Like, no offense, Tyler Reddick, 
but like Kyle Busch, he's great too. And you put him in that car and I was thinking, ah, the 45 car, not necessarily as good as the eight car. Um, didn't know how the road course package was going to work, but I thought it was going to be flipped. Like, I mean, you would see Kyle Busch P1, Reddick P2, as it turned out, that was the opposite way. It turns out actually Reddick's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> really good. He is know, so good. It was, it was fascinating, Jordan, to hear the drivers in like the, in the media bullpen this week talking like Denny Hamlin was saying, Oh my gosh, like I tried to replicate what Tyler does uh-huh. and I, 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 I did it, but I was like three seconds off or something. And, and Bubba talking about like how, you know, Reddick just does stuff that's so different, like the lines he takes and the, his breaking points. Um, really interesting. Like he's super good at road courses. He's, and, he's just um, good. At, he's so good in general. Like I just yeah. don't think people understand that. And the road courses obviously get a lot of attention because he's now got what three of his four career wins have come on road courses and everything. But it's like, he is so good at every type of track. And intermediate tracks, short tracks, super speedways. Like, he's just so good everywhere. And you go back to last year, and it's like he had so many – he could have won six races if things wouldn't have gone sideways and mechanical failures or, tire, you know, whatever. It's like he is a guy, like, it just feels like he's just ready to burst. And last year was kind of the start of it, and it just feels like – I just I, I would buy – I would have bought – if I could have bought stock in a driver, it's like he's the guy I would have invested all the money in. And I, and I think Denny Hamlin – is so and I said it and then I wrote about it. I think Denny Hamlin was so smart to go all in on him and get him early. Even saying like, hey, we don't even care if we can't get him in our race car next year. Like we just want this guy. When we can get him, we want him because he's that good. He is a franchise player. Like he is got talent and no offense to Kyle Bush, but it's like you're saying like Kyle's a you know, you, you think Kyle's gonna win because you're probably Bush that eight car. It's like, I'll take you know what? You give me those two drivers, I had to pick one of those two drivers right now. I'm taking Tyler Reddick. Like, I just feel like that. Like he is just, he elevates his team. And Kyle Busch is an all time talent, but I just feel like there's just something about Tyler that just captivates me. Like, I just think he is so, so good. Well, I mean, when you come to a road course where the driver can truly make a difference, right? I mean, it's still a lot of car, you know, to be sure. But I mean, the driver can truly take it into his own hands at a place like this. And I mean, if, if you have an exceptional guy, um, like a Reddick, you know, and, and he can do that at some other places too. It's sort of the worn out tracks where he can run the wall better than other people. I mean, that's, that's sort of what we want to see, right? Like when you, when you watch a race, you want to see the drivers, you want to be able to like, look at a car and be like, wow, look at whoever's in that car. Look at what they're doing. That's cool. That's a driver right there. You know what I mean? Like, if they're all, you know, it was like sort of with the 550 package and some of the those that style of racing where if everybody's flat out the whole time and just sort of running the same line, you're like, I don't know if that's like a Hall of Famer in that car or a guy that bought the ride or or what, right? Um, I want to see guys show us what they're made of and show us their talent and show off their skill. Um, so that's why it's cool to see somebody like that be able to take the car in his back. Cause I mean, let's, let's be fair though. I mean, 2311, um, and, and the 45 car in general, I mean, they haven't had a very good start to the season overall. And, you know, I mean, Kyle Busch has had a better start to the season and has looked fast. And I just, that, that's why I was going into this thinking, man, I mean that eight car, they know the setup, you know, they're good. That, that was my same thing. It is for Fontana, right? Because, Ooh, you put Kyle Busch in that car. That car was good, really good at Fontana last yeah. year. Um, with Reddick, and uh, that's why I thought. And look, he still finished second today, but Reddick was from the start of the weekend all the way through. Um, now he missed the pole by this much, but 
I just thought he he was the fastest guy and and he won. Yeah, and I, I I hear you know it was a little bit of the narrative post race was like he you know he's had a slow start to the year and, and undeniably he has but it's not like they were running bad they just had bad luck they got crashed in the first two races not any fault of Tyler's they came into um, today's race had on top, consecutive top five finishes like they they you could see that the speed was there like the performance was they just hadn't had the results and so I feel like sometimes people fall in love with the results like oh he's not finishing well it's like cool. But if a guy's running well, I'm going to take that over the long haul. And they have been running well. They just haven't been able to finish races. And it's just you felt like this was coming. And and it just it feels like this is going to be the start. And you look at how the schedule sets up. And Toyota's going to track next week at Richmond where they're really, really good. You're in and you're out. And Bristol Dirt's coming up. But it's just like I, I feel like we're going to have a year where we're going to be talking about Tyler Reddick a lot. And we talked a lot about him last year. But I feel like I, I feel like this is going to be the follow-up. And I feel like the encore is going to be even better than the original was. Another thing about you know Reddick winning on a road course, and you know another time, another week where the fastest car is won, which has happened on several occasions this year. You know, you're you're every time that happens, you're losing a chance for one of these outside type mm-hmm. fringe playoff guys. Say like an like an Almondinger, like and sure. a lot more chances, but somebody like that to get a playoff spot and surprise us and go, wow, you know, I don't know if that guy was going to make it, but now he won. So he's in Reddick. We all thought he was going to make it right. So, you know, when things like that happen, you're just like, Oh, interesting. It just, it just adds to the, the sort of storyline of the season so far, which is that it's more, it's, it's getting back to more of the people you would expect. And really for a lot of this race, I mean, when Jordan Taylor qualifies, you know, top four, you're like, Oh wow, maybe that's going to be, you know, some new names in the mix. And like you had Noah Gregson fairly late, um, up in the top 10, you know, and after all the carnage, like a Todd Gilliland finishes, uh, in the top 10, things like that. But for the most part, you're looking at, you're like, there's not really any sort of underdogs up there. Like McDowell is not leading this race. Chris Busher is not leading mm-hmm. this race. Um, you would, most of the day when you looked at the top five of the running order, it was like, yeah, no, I, I would have thought he would be up there. Yep, that guy too. Yep, that guy too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting how even with a new package, you come to a road course and doesn't really mix things up like it did last year. Like it's it's the people you'd expect. And I think that's, again, going to be sort of the trend uh, from the season, from what we've seen so far. It does feel like the quote-unquote underdogs, you know, the smaller teams is just not – aren't going to have the same opportunities they had last year where you would have an Eric Jones pop up and all of a sudden, you know, they were really fast a couple of weeks and, and they were able to get a win. It just does feel like there's going to be, a, it's going to kind of go back to how it's always been where a small group of teams is kind of gobbles up most of the wins. And you might see a surprise here and there, like a Ricky Stenhouse win, you know, win Daytona, but it's, it's going to be really hard. I think to get some wins this year, especially if Hendrick continues to have the same kind of speed that they've had on, on, you know, oval tracks, particularly mile and a half racetracks, it's good, good luck. So Jordan, um, I was mentioning there wasn't a lot of surprises in the running order for much of the day, but the overtimes definitely shook things up. Sure. They got some different names in there. Um, Ricky Stenhouse, not somebody you would necessarily think of as like road course guy, um, finishes P seven. Uh, I mentioned Todd Gilliland, Got first, uh, tenth, and yep, first top ten for Ricky Stenhouse since Daytona. By the way, interesting. Okay, yep. Corey LaJoy, 
How about that, man? Like, seriously. I saw that shit. He had, like, a terrible day going. He had, he like, had he was dragging three, parts. He got black flag. Yeah, he got two penalties. He got black flag twice for dragging his diffuser. Finishes 11th. Hangs in there. Finishes 11th. So, team, man. Corey LaJoy is... He loses a point in the standings. He, he, he lost a spot in the standings Yeah, it sucks because of Redding. But, like, um, that team, though, like, I mean, I can't say enough about them. And, you know... I think what they're doing is pretty remarkable. Like they're like, they're doing it week in and week out. And it's not, it's not like they're going out and being world beaters. I think they're just grinding out these finishes. And it's like, it's kind of an old school approach of just do what you can. And they're making the most of it. And even when they get thrown, what was it? What did you say? Like three penalties and two black flags. And it's just, it's just, they, it's remarkable. Like how long can you keep running this? Like at what point do you start to say like, this team is a fringe playoff team, and you kind of, kind of got to start taking them seriously. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, um, I also think it is worth noting that that Jensen Button um, finished 18th. So, uh, you know that that was a long. I mean, he he said <laughs> like I he pretty much felt said he fell out of the seat, and um, you know he he was thinking about quitting and and didn't yeah. like his cool suit didn't really work. Um, you know that especially the. The open wheel drivers. I mean, you hear about the the heat in the cockpit all the time. Oh, it's so hot in these next gen cars and all that stuff. But I don't, they're they're not used to that like that no. level of, of heat. And no. he said also I hadn't raced in three years, and um, he said his head was just spinning afterwards. Um, and it, it he was just trying to like get himself back together. Like he he said he I think I think he was the one that said he had he thought he had like eight bottles of water during the race or something, and he was still completely gassed. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and I mean it wasn't even that hot here today. It was I think it was about 80, but I mean these these cars are hot. Um mm-hmm. also it and speaking of the cool suit, uh Tyler Reddick said his cool suit didn't work all Same day. Same with Alex Bowman too. Interesting. Yeah, Bowman looked gas too. But I mean these these guys I, that, that was some hard work for uh hard right. physical f- physical race. Go ahead. Can I mention Alex Bowman really quick? Um mm-hmm. obviously good run today. Um, when these, when these penalties were handed down by NASCAR to Hendrick Motorsports, it felt like it, outside of William Byron, it, like these, you know, the, the three Hendrick drivers, let, let's sorry, let's push that chase aside, but Kyle Larson and Alex Bowman were probably going to have to win to make the playoffs. Alex Bowman's 16th in points. Like hmm, that's pretty remark. That's pretty remarkable. All things considered, um, which means you keep running like this and you keep running well, even with a couple of bad races mixed in, which inevitably are going to happen. Like he could theoretically still make the playoffs on points. So that's, you know, that I was wrong on that front. Cause I, I thought their path to the playoffs was going to have to be by winning, but he still has a very realistic chance to get in on points. There were some pretty big movers in the points today. I mean, Bowman, as you're talking about gained four spots, yep. um, Reddick jumps five spots. I mean, and we're talking about just regular points, not, um, you know, the, the playoff standings. Right. So like, yep. Reddick's up to 10th in points now. Um, Austin Sindrick gained four spots. Austin Sindrick is seventh in points. Quietly a good year. Like, really just not like... He had a big comeback today, too, by the way. Yeah, he did. He He was out of it. Um, And he ended up finishing sixth. All all three Penske cars are in the top seven in points. So Mm -hmm. that's that's something. Um, Yeah. Ross Chastain's the points leader now, by the way. And the Penske cars aren't running like... I mean, yeah, Logano won last week, and we talked about this, but they're not running... Outside of the super, they're not like they're not crushing it every week. It's not like the, they're not really like the cars to beat. Um, they're in the mix and they're running in the top ten, but they're not they're not somebody that you look at. Wow, these guys are on it. Which 
I guess speaks well to them that, that Blaney and, and Syndrick are still where they are in points and they're not they're not killing everybody on speed. Man, how about Jimmy Johnson? Doesn't even get to <laughs> fi- he didn't even have a full lap. He didn't even finish oh, a lap. Man. Gosh. And oh, it wasn't man. like he, he did anything wrong. He was just driving no. on like the inside and just got taken out like a, a car coming yeah. across the track. Like and that's it. It's just crazy. I mean, I'd be, I, yeah. I guess one thing you could say is, well, you know, that's qualify why you don't there. qualify back there. Right. Right. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's rough. Bubba it Wallace is, also agree, rough. Cause I mean, two weeks he, in a row. he had, he had speed, everybody, you know, he comes in for his media session after a, a good qualifying effort and good practice. And everybody's joking around. Oh, who's driving, who's driving that 23 car, you know? And he, he was very pleased with like, Hey, I, he's making some progress in road courses. Tyler Reddick has helped him with the setup, obviously, and um, helped him make some gains. And then he goes out, and I was thinking, well, maybe maybe oil got on his tires or something like that, right? Like, has how could he just miss the corner? It didn't seem like he, he indicated from TV like he just screwed up. And what do you say? Yeah. Driver needs to be replaced. That's not good. Driver needs to be replaced two weeks in a row. Rookie mistakes. When you go back to Atlanta, he he did spin himself out, and you know he was the only guy really kind of to do that. It's and at Atlanta, it's really tough because that's a racetrack where you feel like he's going to be in the mix. Today, he's gotten better on road car. He's made really – he's put in the work. And it's – you know, you have bad days like this. And when your teammate goes out there and dominates and wins, like that probably runs some salt in the wound a little bit. Of And Bubba can be hard on himself, overly so. And he's probably going to really beat himself up a little bit, which is – you know, if you're that team, you got to figure out a way to keep that spirit up because Bubba runs better when his 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 attitude is good. He's feeling good. He's laughing and joking. When he gets down on himself, it tends to snowball a little bit. So, there, this season's way too early, and I still think they have a good chance to make the playoffs. But you got to. This does feel kind of like a little bit of a moment where you got to kind of stop it a little bit and turn this around. Yeah, he loses three spots in the standings down to 19th. Um, I mean, he's he's behind uh, Ty Gibbs in points. He's behind Michael McDowell in points. He's behind LaJoy in points. Um, yeah, again, when you see your teammate go out and do stuff like today, uh, that's that's not good. So, yeah. but I mean, I think if you're Bubba, you kind of look at maybe like a Kansas or a Michigan or places sure. like that and say, well, there's a lot of good Charlotte. tracks for us. Yeah, oh yeah, they, so. there's there's plenty of time. Like, and that's why I don't think it, you have to panic. And that's you know, it's just it's still early and a lot can happen. And you, and frankly, you just need to win one race. And I, and I do think they're going to be okay. There's a lot of speed in those race cars. I think he's going to be okay, but you know, you don't want to see this happen. Um, can I give a quick shout out to another guy too, real quick? Sure. How about Todd Gilliland? Like, I mean, you mentioned yeah. top 10 finish today, but that's a guy who's, you know, 24th in points now, like ahead of some pretty notable guys. Todd's racing for his career. I mean, he really, in a, in a sense, like he doesn't have a, a ride guaranteed for next year. We know Zane Smith is over there. Like you don't know how he's going to sort out of all this, and like he's doing a pretty good job of kind of getting the most out of what he can out of his equipment. And frankly, that he's you know I think it's a good comparison. I think you mentioned it before, but like comparing him to like Harrison Burton, who's another sophomore driver, he's beaten Harrison pretty good, you know, most weeks straight up, and it's pretty impressive what he what he's doing over there. Yeah, Todd Gilland is um, only one point behind Chase Briscoe in the point standings, and he's ahead of Austin Dillon, Noah Gregson. Almarola, Priest. So, um, yeah, I mean, you, you know, for, for a guy that has got, didn't even get a full season in his, his own car this year, um, you're right. That's, that's making a, a positive statement for him. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's, there's a lot to be 
left to be determined, but it also feels like, again, we, especially like with Richmond coming up, um, yeah. with Martinsville coming up, Bristol dirt, Bristol. you know, that's, that's kind of different, but I'm excited for Bristol dirt, Jeff. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's really, really excited. Um, I, by the way, can I just say something? Another thing, real quick. Um, so many people have mentioned to me that we're now doing these video. You know, we're recording the video. We're doing the videos. They are very, very excited for the Bristol Dirt. No, I, I won't rap. No, 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 no. no. They oh. don't even care. I, no one's actually said anything about the rap, which oh, gotcha. is a whole different okay. conversation. Okay. Um, though, well, we're, hang on. We're an idea I had here a second. They are very interested to see your facial reactions and how you react to Bristol Dirt. Yeah, we are doing this on YouTube now. For those of you listening to this and not watching us on YouTube, we we do have a, a YouTube version of this. So, um, yeah, that's that's nice, Jordan. I'm glad people are excited for that. Um, I might have my camera break that week by coincidence. Don't worry, I'm gonna I'll overnight you a backup one just to make sure. So we're all good there. Actually, mm-hmm. let me. You know what? I have a great idea, and I've thrown this idea out to you before, and you completely dismissed it. But I'm gonna put you on the spot. Come to Bristol Dirt. Be a professional reporter that you are. Come to Bristol Dirt, and then after the race, we will do a live podcast in front of the fans, and they can see your reaction firsthand. It'll be great. It'll be your first live podcast we've done with an audience. All right. Yes? Just say yes. Just say yes. Well, you need to talk to our boss who controls our travel yeah. budget. So I will I will I will pay for it out of my own pocket gladly. Oh, really? Oh, okay. To see this happen. I will put you up at the nicest hotel in Bristol, which isn't really saying much, but I will put <laughs> I you up say, for you. Wow, thanks, Jordan. <laughs> uh, uh, I will, I will, I will pay for whatever you want. I will take care of. I just want to see you at Bristol Dirt, and I think give the people what they want, Jeff. I'm, I'm good. I think I'm good. You know, <laughs> I'm good. Why don't you pay for like a actual race, a real race, or something? If you want me to go oh. to a race, anyway. Uh, Richmond next weekend. Um, yeah. I'm not being closed minded on this because like, you know, look, it's probably going to be a lot of long green flag runs, a lot of strategy like last year, but you know, like there, there was some, you know, the, the way that Denny Hamlin played the strategy last year and things on, like, you can drive through the field if you pit an extra time or whatever, things like that. And with the short track package, we don't know. It might be, it might not be bad. It might not be terrible. So, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not out on Richmond yet. I'm not. You know, like previous years, we go into Richmond, we're like, oh, it's gonna be bad, and it is bad. Um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe there's some hope here that uh, the short track package can can do something. I don't know. What do you know? It's good. It's good to have. I, I don't know. I mean, I just it's good to have optimism. I hope so because it's just it's tiring. Like I didn't that. say I have optimism so much as I'm keeping an open mind. Yeah, open mind. Good. It's just. It's frustrating now. I mean, it's Richmond needs to be better, and it's long been said that, and it just keeps being the same repetitive thing, and it's frustrating because there are so few short tracks, and when you have one that doesn't continually underperforms, it's just like it, it makes it really hard. And in an era of consolidation, when NASCAR's rightfully taking dates away from tracks that have two that probably don't deserve it, like it's fair to say that Richmond having two dates is they don't deserve it at this point. And you don't want to see that happen because we don't have a lot of short tracks. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jordan, should do you think NASCAR will come back to Coda, and should they come back to Coda? I do think they come back to Coda, and I do think they should come back to Coda. I think it's a good facility. It's good racing. Um, second year in a row, I thought the race was pretty good. Uh, memorable finishes back-to-back years. Um, you can speak to the crowd because I was not there. Um, it's a good market. It's a good city. People are excited. I, I mean, We had friends there, mutual, uh, like – like it's it's Austin, Texas. If you, you want, you're a NASCAR fan. You're looking for a destination race. It seems like this is a good opportunity to do that. There's different. We talk about extracurricular stuff there. It just seems like this is a good thing to have. And when you're looking for your races to be events and to kind of stand out, Coda stands out. And the other part of that is too is like if you take away Coda, where are you going to go? Like I, there's not really. If you're going to add another road course, okay, where? Like, there's not really a road course out there that really jumps out to me, especially at this time of year when there are so few tracks that have, you you know, the weather, you, you have a better chance of having good weather there than most places. Like, I, I just don't know. Like, you, you can't go to the West Coast because you just were there for three weeks. Um, You don't, I don't know. It, it just, it fits. It, it checks a lot of boxes. And sure as hell, it, it's better than anything that Texas Motor Speedway offers. You had to throw that in there. Um, <laughs> Am I wrong? No, but I, I felt bad this weekend because like like our, our guy David Hart, the Texas Motor Speedway oh, he's a, PR I love rep. David. Yeah, but he's been here this weekend and I have to keep walking by him and I, I'm like, oh, hi, hi, David, I'm sorry. Oh, I know he gives we, me a hard just, time all the time every time you know, I see him. Like, I saw him in Atlanta yeah. and he's like, I give him a hard time. And like, he, you know, he gets, I feel bad. For, it's not that we don't like the people. It's not like we don't like the people that work at Texas. It's not their fault. What's their my favorite sucks, quote, Jeff? But, what? It's I don't business, know. business, not personal. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, anyway, so I, I, I'm agree- in agreement with you. And I think also that this is a big place for corporate sponsorship. I mean, there's so many like tech companies and things that are in Austin now. Also, the sponsors, the existing sponsors like to come down here. Um, there's a lot of suites here. You know, it's very high end. This, this racetrack, obviously, even with the permanent, you know, F1 brings in like a lot of temporary hospitality and suites. Mm-hmm. But even the permanent suites here are really nice. Um, and really well done first class, um, probably the nicest of any track that we go to, I think, or, or close. So, um, you know, I, I think people love coming to Austin, like you said, and, um, it, the crowd seemed pretty solid to me. I mean, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to walk around the entire race today. Like I walked around for Xfinity and trucks and qualifying day and stuff and saw the crowd, but mm-hmm. today I was, you know, in the media center, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's good. I, I, would hope they come back. I love this place. So I'm, I'm all about it if, if they want to come back. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know what this means. Cause you know, they, sometimes they, they do this and it, they go back on it. But I mean, on the PA all system, you know, the PA system all, all weekend, they're playing in the media center and they, they were selling ticket renewals. So, sure. um, now they, again, they could always be like, well, we'll just give your money back. 
You know what yeah. I mean? Texas, like, just, just for the record, Texas Motor Speedway did that last year at the All Star Race, and we know how that turned out. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you're right. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't mean anything, but um, they're they're selling ticket. I mean, people were buying ticket renewals for next year, so yeah. For take that for what it's worth. I just I don't I mean there's no I mean I, I, honestly top of mind a, a track in, in a warm climate market that gives you this. I, nothing comes to immediately comes to mind. Like there really isn't. You know, I, I just. The, you, you said everything like this is a good market for sponsors people like it like, why not and it, and it has a little bit of a feel to it a little bit of a buzz which is what you need in your events to kind of separate themselves yeah so jordan it's time to guess the was a good race poll oh really oh who won last week listen folks sometimes when you try to get cute and prices right things you prices right things the wrong way, which is what happened to me last week. So Karma. I lost again. Big Joe Wall seventy two keeps track of our of our scores. Uh, he notes that you being four and zero now to start the season after we forgot to do the first two races, but uh, surely I would have won those, right? Yeah. Anyway, sure. <laughs> yeah. you have now. Uh, he says you've now doubled the previous longest streak to start a season. Uh, of the was it a good race poll guesses so you're undefeated four and oh and uh yeah you're you're just on quite a roll here jordan so <laughs> you know for a while i, I thought this was going to be the best race of the year or you know so far which would be topping fontana's 89.9 at the end Ooh. uh i wasn't convinced of that so where where do you come down on what the oh. good race poll is going to turn out to be this week this is hard because you're right. There was a part of this, your stretch, you felt like, I, I didn't think it was going to be Fontana. I just didn't think it was going to get that that high. But I thought it was going to do really well. And then I think how this unfolded at the end is probably going to change people's minds. 72%. Whoa. Wait a minute. Don't do that. Are you trying to give me a win on purpose? You're going to go higher? Oh, it's got to be in the 80s, right? You're going to go set low I'm, 70s? I'm, just, I'm thinking... I'm thinking that I think the end there is going to, I think the end is going to sour some people. I'm not, I'm not saying I agree with them because I don't, but I do think the end is going to sour some folks. Do you think it was better than last year's Coda race? Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, because I think Daniel Suarez led every lap in stage one last year and yeah, this was a better race. I, I thought I liked the strategy elements of it. I liked all of that. I will say, like, just to this out there, there were some people who did say, like, oh, this is, I, I miss stage breaks and I miss, you know, it's like, really? I did okay. see a little but, bit of that, but I felt I, like, like that was the minority, but yeah, I, I agree. I just, they're wrong, but that's fine. I'm just going to, I'm going to go 72. I'm probably going to lose. Okay. I'm cool with that, but I'm going to go 72. All right. So here's my thinking. Last year's Coda race got an 84.9. Now, again, that, that was pretty thrilling, you know, sort of last yeah, lap I think there. that's the finish more than anything. You know, this race was better than the finish to me. Like, I liked the, the bulk of this race better than the overtimes, but I still thought it was good overall. So um, I'm going to go 85 right in the middle of the 80s. Um, it, seems high. it seems too high for you. It yeah. seems really high. Well, I can't really. I mean, who am I to say, oh, Jordan, you are way you off because. Week. I know, you but I, I lose and I lose every week. So that would be pretty dumb for me to just keep being like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. It doesn't uh, stop you every other week. Mm, true. Fair point. Very fair. Um, by the way, somebody came up to me at the tweet up today and said that they really like when we talk about the extracurricular 
stuff such as the copy and paste and your eggs and things like that. But, you know, I'm always sort of hesitant to, to go too far down that road. So, um, but you know, many people, like I, I, I met somebody that tweeted today who like listens to us religiously and, um, I'd never met them before. So it's, it's, you know, again, we really appreciate like when you guys come up and be like, Oh yeah, we are hearing the podcast, our numbers, like even after we put this on YouTube, I was like, Oh, that's going to make our audio numbers go down. No, no, it's, it's not at least yet. So, so I just want, hang on, can we just backtrack? Can you just admit that I was right? Cause I've been begging you to do this. Well, I didn't know how we we're going to do it. I didn't know that you could, I mean, first of all, it's kind of amateurish, our, our, video that we have because we're just record, recording like, off zoom but um <laughs> and i'll add some like, fireworks next time all right like, okay we need graphics we need like yeah words or something but you know <laughs> it's just me and jordan doing the podcast by ourselves yeah. so it's not supposed to be sexy like this is yeah, we don't have is... like a team of people like editing and stuff but maybe someday maybe someday but anyway uh we i do want to mention jordan that and and I cannot let this go by because oh, this will boy. be our our only chance to, to say this to oh, the listeners. I got something. Okay, yeah, I have something to ask you too. I got to ask you. So we'll keep continuing. Okay. So today, as we do this, is March 26. As far as I know, on April 1st, this deal ends. I'm not trying to like shill this, but I'm just telling you, <laughs> I'm trying to save you some money. Jordan and I would really like it if you would subscribe to the Athletic. If you're not a subscriber already, and many of you are. But they're running. We didn't usually they run this one dollar per month deal one time per year, and that is Black Friday. And it's one dollar a month for the first year. So it's twelve dollars for the entire year to read all of our stories, all of our F1 coverage, all of our coverage from every single sport. Like the athletic covers all of them. So you could twelve dollars the entire year, you get everything. And that as far as I know, expires April 1st, unless they extend it, which will make me look like I was trying to lie, but I'm not. That's as far as I know, it was only for a few more days. So I tested this out to get this deal. You can go to theathletic.com slash the teardown and it will show up. You'll hit the paywall, show up for $1 a month. You should be able to subscribe. I'm not sure. Again, if you don't want to subscribe, if you hate paywalls, that's fine. But if you were thinking about doing it, you you're not gonna. It's not gonna get any cheaper than one dollar a month. So, I mean, I'm not saying Jordan's worth a dollar a month. No, I'm not. But <laughs> you are. I'm not. You just worth oh, two dollars. I'm worth please. zero dollars. Oh, okay, okay, sure. I'm not. No, I'm just. I'm just giving Jordan a hard time. Jordan does great work. Uh, we're very proud of where we work, so we want you to subscribe because uh, your support means a lot to us, and it also shows uh, the bosses that. You know, hey, look, look at all the interest there is in motorsports and NASCAR, and we need to be at all more races, and, you know, I need to be at Bristol Dirt. So things like that, uh, it, it can only help us. So we appreciate your support and the consideration. That's my advertisement. Sorry if I if you're already a subscriber and this doesn't apply to you, but thanks anyway. So there you go. What were I, you going to say? I agree with everything. Um, our friend Daniel Trotta wanted me to ask you a question about one of your tweets today. Yeah, she just doesn't know. She doesn't get the inside joke. Do you not get the inside joke? I, I get it now. I mean, it's Spencer Gallagher, right? Yeah. So for years, do you know the account NASFAX? Yeah, I know the NASCAR faxes. Yeah. NASFAX. Yes. Yeah. A brilliant, brilliant account. Uh, yep. I don't, I haven't know that NASFAX tweets very much anymore, if at all. Um, I haven't gone back and looked, but NASFAX for years would butcher Spencer Gallagher's name. Um, obviously on purpose, but like 
would call him things like, like I did today, sprinkler gallbladder. Um, and Spencer Gallagher's own name on Twitter now is, let's see, what, what is this here? 23. His, his Twitter name is 23 speed racer. Like that's yep. his username. Right. But his, um, his actual name on there is spindlematic galvmatron. Um, so I tweeted earlier today, sprinkler gallbladder says this. And a lot of people were like, Whoa, when autocorrect gets you or, you know, like people thought I was, I messed up or like autocorrected or something. No, no, I didn't No, that was intentional. I was going along with the, this is like, this, this has been a Twitter joke for like 10 years or something. So uh, anyway, maybe people are, I'm, maybe I'm too online, but, uh, yes, yeah, sprinkler, 100%. sprinkler gallbladder bladder tweeted today. So I just thought that I should throw that out there. Okay. I was confused by it. Took, it took me a minute too. At first, I'm like, I, what? I'm like, yeah, I it seemed like nobody to. got it. And then everybody just thought I screwed up and everybody's laughing at me, but it's fine. It's fine. You know? Okay. That's I was, good. I I was just, that, I, maybe that's trolling. Is that trolling? Yeah. No, it's not trolling. It's having fun oh. on Twitter. It's social media. Like, it's people calling on people. Like, and our friend Daniel Trotter, who we love, was just asked, asked me to ask you that. So, okay. Yeah. Um, Nasfax uh, does still tweet. So I don't know why. Oh, I, I have doesn't do it very seen. often though. He just yeah. started. He looked like I just looked. He like there was a pretty. He just started like this week again. Like and before that, it was December. So oh yeah, okay, there you go. So that's why I've missed him. Nasfax, brilliant. Also, pro tip. Okay, uh, and this is something that you know many people have already discovered. But if, if you're new, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to the Nasfax Twitter account and go look at who he is following. And Ooh. I will. No, I was going to say I will give you a dollar if you don't laugh. But I won't because that could be a lot of dollars. But you will laugh. Look at the people. So the whole thing of his account is how incorrect he is, right? And how he, he messes up facts. So if you look at who he's following, that's that's your little Easter egg of the day. Uh, don't, don't look at it. You're not going to be able to make it through the episode, the rest of the episode, because you're going to start laughing. See, there you go. Oh, no, you're on a giggle. You're on a giggle fest, Jordan. You really need to stop looking. We're not going to be able to finish this seriously with a straight face. Oh, I've lost Jordan. I shouldn't I have even like, said I this. Want, I, like, I want to say their names, but I don't want people to make – I'm not trying to make fun of them. It's just, they're just really creative. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I, I got, I got, it's ruined. See, this is what happens. Don't, don't look at this account if you don't want to laugh like this. Okay. Anyway. All right. We better go. Richmond's next week. Everybody, thanks for listening. Talk to you next time on the Teardown. See you, everybody. <laughs>